Welcome to With Maze and Mal, a podcast where two sisters come together to talk about growing up, living life, all while managing a rare chronic illness. We have lots to say and we are finally sharing our stories. We want to acknowledge that we know everyone's experience will look different and everyone's story is valid, so don't think your journey has to look just like ours. We are not medical professionals, so any recommendations we make on here are based on our own experiences and any changes you make to your care should be discussed with your providers. Hey, Maisie. Hey, how's it going? It's going. You know, I feel like after a certain point, I just sort of told people like I'm not answering that question anymore because I don't really know what there is to talk about so much. How about you? About the same. So I think this is a good episode to just sort of uh, check in with each other. We've been going kind of in chronological order in terms of our lives and our journeys. And it seems like a good time to just take a pause from that and be in the moment and see how we're uh, getting by (laughs) in these weird times. And I I think it's kind of funny because you and I have been trying to do this episode for probably a week now. And even though like we're not really going places and doing the same things that we've been doing, like we're still like pretty busy. And I'm glad that we're able to like make time to do this because this is definitely something that brings me great joy in a time when there isn't much joy to be found. Like it helps that we have listeners, I hope, but also like it's just a chance for us to like talk for two hours about whatever. So yeah and and make time. So how how are you doing? I mean you've had some we both have some had some serious life changes like over the last God I keep saying it's still March and I think about it from like a psychology perspective where like you have a traumatic event and you get stuck in a stage. So most people I talk to are like, oh, it's still March, Mm -hmm. but it's almost November. Yeah. Do you remember in the last episode I talked about seeing great expectations and like Miss Havisham in her wedding dress and her wedding cake? Like, I feel like it's March. Like I went back to my office, um, just to like drop something off and like the calendar was still on March. Like I haven't been back to school probably, I think I've been since one time since March to drop something off. And it was like, it was frozen in time. Like it's bizarre. So it's so weird. I went back. So before I left my previous job, I, so I lived very close to my office. And so there was one day where I just like went back to, get a couple of things and just like I needed a change of scenery and I literally like went it was I changed my calendar and like locked up my hand sanitizer and like left and my paper calendar at home that I brought home is still on August so time has literally no meaning it's so weird and I feel like people are starting to like sort of go back to normal and it's like I don't know tempting to like want to slip into that because I think we all want normalcy so bad right now but like it's not great it's not great so yeah it's just it's a lot to process and like I'm still taking classes and working remotely and doing my internship and like 
none of that has stopped. So if anything, I'm doing more than I was before, you know? Yeah, I was, I was actually just saying, Owen, before we started this. So in my last job, I had every other Friday off. So I worked longer days, but I had every other Friday. And those were sort of like my get stuff done day where I would like schedule doctor's appointments and like do paperwork. And, you know, for those people who don't necessarily have chronic illnesses, there's a lot that goes, there's a lot that goes with it. And even when things are good, it's doing those routine things and just coordinating life logistics. And now that, oh, excuse me, I'm a little hiccupy. I just took a drink of pumpkin beer. Um, now that things have gone so long, like I went a really long time without doing like my routine care. And so like, I need to schedule a dentist appointment and I just scheduled an eye doctor appointment and all those things. And just trying to like get in to those places now that everybody is trying to do those things. And for us, it's a matter of like coordinating transportation and like my insurance changed and just all kinds of things. So I feel like I've just been so out straight and I'm like, oh yeah, I used to have a day where I could just worry about these things. So working a different schedule um, with people who are all on different time zones, like mostly like Eastern time, I was like, it's, that's taken, been a huge adjustment too. And that's just like one of the huge life changes that we've all had during this time. Yeah. The other thing is like, we were just talking about this. Like I, So Kyle and I were doing the long distance thing for like five years Um, and he moved up here in March, the weekend, everything shut down. So like, I think we, yeah, stuff closed down. It was a Friday the 13th in March because I remember it was the weirdest day at program. Like it it was just bizarre. And um, the kids were like talking about it, but like didn't know what was going on. And like, we knew things were bad, but we didn't know like how bad. So that was like the last day. And then we moved in that weekend, I think. And then everything closed down. He had found, he had nailed down a job like the weekend before or like two weeks before he came up for an interview, um, got a job and then yeah, everything closed down. And he was like, they kept him. And he, he still has it, obviously, but like, it was so nerve wracking. So we went from basically like seeing each other maybe once a month to like me being home 24 seven. Thankfully he was still working, but Mm -hmm. when he, when he came home, I hadn't had any interaction with anyone all day, except maybe a zoom call. So when he came home, I used to be like, hi, hi, babe. How was your day? What are you doing? How are you feeling? Tell me everything. And he would just be like, I have been around people today. Go sit down. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's, it was like that for a long time. It's, it's been weird. And for those who don't know, so when all of this started, it was around the same time. Cause I remember on Friday the 13th was the day that I came home from the office because we had an exposure. Somebody in our office had been exposed to, and of course there were all these rumors flying that somebody had it and then come to find out it was like a secondary exposure. But because of the lack of information, basically everybody just fled the building and just like went home because there was no direction and like no clear guidance. So 
I just brought my stuff home and got a letter from my doctor and said, you know, I'm working from home until further notice. And that was 10 months ago, but obviously I quit. I quit. So that's a whole another topic. Um, but unfortunately around that time, it was very shortly after everything started shutting down that Owen got laid off from his job. So that was a super bummer um, because with the whole like employment and disability thing, um, it took him a really long time to find employment when we moved to Colorado. And we'll talk more about all of that on like a future episode because the whole employment thing for both of us has been a roller coaster, but it was just really frustrating when he had something that worked really well for him. And there were conversations about being able to work from home once the pandemic hit. And for many people with disabilities, a lot of you know and or have experienced like all of these things that we've been asking for for years and years and we're denied or we're told it's not possible. We've watched the entire world go remote in less than a year because it applies to everybody. But when it's an accommodation, for some reason, it's like not possible. So it went from being conversations about being able to work from home and what the options might be to a phone call that said, we're laying you off. You'll get your last paycheck on Friday. So that was a big bummer. Um, But also it kind of made us more comfortable because neither of us were going to be going into an office. And he worked in a really big office building with offices that I think didn't necessarily take COVID so seriously. So we kind of just accepted that we both were going to be home. Um, and that's how it's been. And now my new job is hundred percent remote pandemic or not. So it's, uh, it's been interesting. Yeah. And everyone I've talked to has been like, there's kind of two camps. There's like the people who have been dying for this moment where like we never have to interact with another human again um, and like are perfectly content with that. And then there's the people who are like going crazy and like all they want is to like go back to the office and like see people and like interact with people. So I think it's like, it's very interesting that like you said, like they were able to flip a switch and everybody was just like, oh, now it's okay and we can make it happen. Um, But yeah, there's like this, I mean, I could go on a whole tangent about capitalism and productivity equaling, you know, human worth, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) we'll save that for another episode. And also like trust, you know, like trust of the employer in the employee to like get work done. We actually just read an article in my research class about um, surveillance technology being utilized in this time because of remote working and learning um, and sort of the moral dilemma that stems from that um, and how comfortable people feel with it and like the um, you know the like camera that tracks your eye movement and like if you're at your desk but also just like you know, clocking in and clocking out, that sort of thing, and, like, what people are okay with. It was kind of fascinating. Like, obviously, I didn't read the whole thing because who has time for that? But um, the actual article itself was was really interesting, especially given, like, the circumstances. Yeah. Well, and I think so much of it, too, like, depends on the industry and the culture. And, you know, like you said about productivity, like, um, America just as a whole – 
prides themselves on being busy. And even now I work with people who, you know, talk about like, well, I'm going to be working on this over the weekend and, you know, and, and that's all fine and good. Like, you know, do what you want to do. And, you know, I like my new job and there are times where I'll, you know, do some things over the weekend if, if the spirit moves me, but I don't feel required to, and I don't feel like I owe anybody that. And I work my hours and I do what needs to get done. And then I have time to not do those things Mm -hmm. because that's how people burn out. And it happens a lot. And it, you know, there's such this like catch 22 of, I want to prove myself and I want to like move up, but I also don't want to be taken advantage of once I move up that the expectation is that I'm going to work, you know, 80 hour weeks for half of what that should be financially. (laughs) So it's such a weird, I don't know, work is a weird thing in general. And then to not be able to set those boundaries when you do work from home. And one thing I've been hearing a lot from a lot of people is like the issue of not having like a designated workspace And one thing I really liked at my last job was, you know, even if I didn't love the job itself, like I had an office I could Mm -hmm. go to and I had a workspace and now I'm back working from home and I've seen people like selling their dining room sets and putting desks in their bedroom and, you know, you do what you have to do, but it's also so important to keep those like boundaries of like, this is my sleep space. This is where me and my family eat a meal. Um, And the culture that apartments are structured now with like, you know, there's not a place to like work and eat a meal unless you can afford a two bedroom, which I don't know about most people in my demographic, but that's not on the table. So it's like, well, we were talking about this in one of my classes. I think like it just feels like you have 30 tabs open in your head at the same time. Like you are trying to do work, but you also still have a tab open for homework. And, you know, you know that you're supposed to clean or do dishes or, you know, X, Y, or Z. And it's like, you physically can't get out of that space. And so mentally you can't get out of that space too. Like it's totally, it's totally a real thing. Like I have a desk over in the corner, but it's in our living room. So, and like, I do so many zoom calls and the lighting is not good so like if I actually sit at my desk I'm in the dark but I can't put my desk where my table is because it's it just doesn't make sense so it's like yeah there's no there's no good layout that like would make this be a functional office space you know and that's such a good point about lighting and I actually wanted to kind of talk about that because I am in the market for a ring light or a USB. Well, I'd rather have it not be USB, but if anybody has like something that you attach to your laptop that you enjoy, that gives you like solid zoom lighting wherever you are, please send it my way because my table, current table situation is like in a window. So if I'm sitting in one chair, half my face is lit up. If I'm sitting another place, my whole face is lit up, but then everybody can see my entire apartment. So 
open just, to suggestions. I just bought one off. It's not a uh, laptop one. I just bought like a tripod and a ring light because I have to make mm. cooking videos <laughs> for my kids. Love and it. Um, I was sick of using my whiskey and tequila bottles to prop <laughs> up my cell phone. <laughs> Especially when they're empty. They just don't hold the same amount of weight. Right. So um, I was like, I'm going to buy a tripod. So, um, and obviously it's fun for like selfies and stuff too, but um, yeah. And there's tons. You can just like clip them to like the back of your um, yeah. screen or you can do like your cell phone too. They have like mini ones. So just check Amazon. There's a ton. I'll have to, I'll have to do some digging. I, I'd rather not do USB because my MacBook doesn't have a US. It has a USB dongle which my mouse is currently plugged into. Um, yeah, right now my table, my one surface in my apartment is designated for a grant I'm reviewing. So Owen and I have been eating on TV trays and that's where I'm sitting right now. But the Zoom background is way better. Um, yeah. it's, it's my nothingness. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to say is like, huge shout out to people who are also educating small humans during all of this because we don't have that to worry about like I'm trying to manage like taking a dog outside a couple times a day and like if she doesn't go outside she has alternative options and I can't imagine also playing the role of educator so I just want to give a shout out to all the people that are working and handling a family during all of this and just the expectations put on the bulk of our country right now is just unbelievable so that is not our narrative but for those people that are juggling all that and still managing to like you know keep keep on keeping on I just I commend all of you so much yeah and since we have a platform where we can say this sort of thing like just a reminder to be gentle with yourself and your kids and their teachers <laughs> and administrators because nobody really knows what the right thing is right now and everybody is just taking it one day at a time so if you are sending your kid to school two days a week that's good if you are sending your kid to school four days a week that's good if you are having your kids stay home and do everything remotely, that's good. So like whatever choice you make is the right one for you. And like, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on parents and teachers to do things a certain way, but nobody really knows what that is. Um, and it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And I have a unique position where I'm, um, I don't have to manage a whole classroom I have like 50 kids but I don't have to manage it in a traditional classroom setting um, and I've actually like been going and dropping supplies off to my students so I can see them and put eyes on them and they remember that I exist um, and I've gotten emails at 10 o'clock at night being like hi Miss Maisie and I'm like go to bed sweetie oh my god <laughs> but everybody is just doing their best you know so yeah, seriously, kudos to the parents and the teachers and the, you know, everyone just, just trying to get through right now. It's, it's not easy. And I don't think we are near the end of it, unfortunately. So, yeah. And if there are some days where school just doesn't happen, but you manage to get food on the table and you all are, you know, in a relatively okay place and have each other at the end of the day, then I think we all have those days too. So 
you know, I think we, again, we just have to be so gentle with each other and just aware of what everybody is going through. And one thing, and I think we, I can't remember where I even talked about what, but I remember listening to a podcast about the concept of competitive grief. And I think we touched on this, like in one of our early episodes, but like anything you're going through is valid. Like we have a very nice apartment. I'm very fortunate to be employed. We have a support system and people we can ask for help. And there are still days that like, I really struggle because I miss my family and I'm really sad that Owen lost his job. And I am terrified of our healthcare system. And there are just all kinds of things. And just because we have very positive circumstances logistically, those feelings are still important. And anything that you're going through, whether it's a canceled vacation or a lost job or a change in income or a sick family member, all of those matter. And just because there are people who are quote unquote worse off, there will always be people who are better off, who are worse off. It's always subjective and you're still able to feel your feelings. And that is something I think we struggle with a lot of like, well, what about, and what about, and I'm so grateful for, and like giving disclaimers before we say that we're sad about something. And the other night I was hanging out with one of my neighbors who is in my quote unquote bubble. And we were just talking about circumstances. And I said, you know, but you know, it's, it's, you know, and she just cut me off and said, can we just admit it's okay to not be okay? And I was like, yeah, girl. Yeah, we can. So to everyone out there who's listening and who has been having a rough time, no matter your circumstances, like it's okay to own if you're not okay. Yeah. Toxic positivity is real and it's exhausting. And like you said, you know, your feelings are valid and I'm, and on the flip side, like, like you had also said, like, it's, it's also okay if, like, somebody does have it worse than you, like, that doesn't make your circumstances any less crappy in that moment for you, like, yeah, and I think social media has made it really hard, too, because, and we can do a whole episode about this, but everybody is so accessible, and so you can sort of see how everyone seems to be handling things, um, and I'm guilty of this, too, you know, I don't feel like I'm entirely transparent on social media all the time, Um, but I had a full-blown meltdown the other day, like horrible, horrible. Um, I was working another job, um, on top of the one that I'm working and my internship and my three classes and surprise, it was too much. (laughs) And, um, I was exhausted. Like I was waking up at 4.30. I was, it was, I was riding the buses as an aide with the students, which I, I loved. I loved getting to see them. I loved spending the morning and the afternoon with them. It's something that I really enjoyed, but I was um, waking up super early, not being able, not having enough time before having to go back in the middle of the day to like accomplish anything. Like I would just get started on something and I would have to go back right around like lunchtime and not be home until like three. Um, And it, it got to the point where I just missed, like I was, I was 20 minutes late to work one morning for no reason other than I didn't know what day it was. And, um, you had talked about like, you know, getting behind on routine 
healthcare. And um, I'm really bad about blood work, like having lab work done. Um, and so I had, I was so amped up and I was like, I made an appointment, well, I didn't make an appointment. I walked into the lab and I was like, okay, this is what I need done. These are my orders. Let's do this. Cause something always goes wrong when I get blood work done. Like you can relate and we can talk about this later. Um, we'll get to it. <laughs> but um, I, I was just like, I had found the energy to like finally do it because I know that that's what they need to be able to give me my IV fluids. Um, and so they called me in, it was fine. I got checked in and the girl came to do it and bless her heart. She tried once and didn't get the vein. And she was like, Oh, they keep rolling. And I was like, weird. Cause they've never done that before. <laughs> and then she did, and she did the other one and it hurt so bad. And like, I have tattoos, I have piercings, I get shots. Like I'm not a baby <laughs> and like, I have a really high pain tolerance and I, I felt my eyes well up with tears and like I felt that lump form in my throat and I was like, oh dear God. And she looked at me and she's like, I'm going to get someone else. And I was like, I think that's for the best. And so she got this guy who I've had so many times at the lab and he always wears truck tailors and he's just super chill. And I saw him just burst into tears, like blubbering idiot. And <laughs> I looked at him and he saw me and he's like, are you okay? And I said, my exact words were, I'm not a baby. I just had a bad day. And he, he didn't know what to do. He was like, do you, do you need someone to talk to? And I was like, no, just do it. And I, I had to have like eight tubes drawn and it took so long and he felt so bad. And so anyway, he did it. I got all bandaged up. It was fine. My arm hurt for like three days after and I got home. I managed to like collect myself in the parking lot long enough to like get home. Like I was still crying, but I wasn't like sobbing. And I walked in the door and I dropped my things and just Charlie Brown cried. And Kyle was like, are you okay? What? Like I, he had never seen me like that before ever. And he was like, what is wrong? And the, I go, the floodgates had opened. Oh, big time. And I go, I'm just so tired. And he was like, okay, okay. And he like took my things and put them down and like took me and just like Aww. put me to bed and like <laughs> held me and while I cried. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And then I had to talk with my therapist and ended up giving up one of my jobs, which yeah, was was hard, but it was it was necessary. So if it looks like I'm holding it together, I promise you I'm not. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that happened to me the other night. And I also want to say that I think that might be the first quote for our merch. <laughs> I'm not a baby. I just had a bad day. So there may be other quotes that we put on coffee mugs or t-shirts down the road, but I think that is a state of mind that we can all relate to. I'm so. absolutely making stickers. 100%. Let me know if you want one. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. So we'll have to, uh, that'll be our next Canva project. Yep. Subscribe so, to our Patreon I, and I'll get you a sticker. Yes. Uh, we are still developing our tiers, but we are on Patreon and one of them is future, future creative ideas. So merch is not off the table. Um, so should I tell my lab story? Yes, I think you should. Okay. So same situation with getting blood work. 
Um, and I was long overdue. And for me, like, and also for Maisie, but our, where I live, our numbers, um, our COVID numbers are a little bit higher. And so the hospital that I go to is, you know, one of the big COVID hospitals. And so for a long time, I just was like, I'm not comfortable going to a healthcare setting. Me getting routine blood work is not worth the risk of getting COVID. Everything is fine. Um, so finally, once things started to plateau a little bit, um, just in the last couple of weeks, and now we're spiking again, so it will probably be another long waiting period. Um, I went to get my routine blood work and it was the same, you know, it was like a, everything, like my once a year, my every six months, she did a bunch of tubes. And for me specifically, it's important to mention that I, um, am limited in my transportation options. So to go to any appointment, I either have to find a ride, take public transportation or take an Uber. And if I take an Uber, both way, Uber or Lyft, um, both ways, it's around $50 total for the day. And if I take the bus, it's less money, but it takes all day. So like my work day is gone. If I Uber, I'm in the car for like maybe 30 minutes each way, depending on traffic, which is frustrating because getting labs takes all of maybe 10 minutes. So I'm literally in an Uber longer than it takes to get labs. So I go get labs. I have the girl that I really like. She, you know, was like, oh, it's so good to see you. We'll do everything, blah, blah, blah. In and out, 10 minutes, everything was fine. Get home, get all my results. Couple weeks go, everything's fine. Couple weeks go by. Talk to our lovely TPN person who manages all our care, who is basically my medical home because that is the one consistent provider I've had for the past like nine years. So she really knows me. She's really, you know, up on my life and my needs. And so some of my iron numbers were a little bit wonky. And for those who don't know, um, we deal with like anemia, secondary anemia from our primary diagnosis. So I used to have to get like pretty regular iron infusions, but it's been several years because my numbers have been pretty good. So she said that they looked a little bit wonky, um, but then we realized that in all the blood work that they had drawn, they didn't draw like one of the most basic panels that shows two of your, your blood counts. So basically the one thing that tells you you're anemic, they didn't draw. And my orders are in there twice from two different providers. So she literally just didn't, didn't do it. So this is a Friday, of course, at like five o'clock and nothing is urgent. Like I feel okay, but I feel like I could potentially be like on the cusp of needing iron. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to email my doctor, my hematologist and see what he says. So I leave a message in the portal and I say, you know, just wanted to notify you like these are trending downward. Um, what do you think? you know, should we get an infusion in the books? And he writes back, you should have a CBC drawn and then we'll see if you're anemic. Also, have you had an iron infusion here before? And I moved here five years ago and I've gotten probably three 
at least three infusions and he ordered them. So this was one of those moments where I just had to close my computer and walk away because I did everything in my power to do what I was supposed to do. The orders are in there from multiple providers. Now there's another order for another CDC, even though it's in there twice. And the doctor who I have seen for five years is asking me if I've had a procedure there that I've had at least three times. So this is why we have charts. This is why we have medical records. Granted, it was five o'clock on a Friday. Granted, I haven't seen him in, well, I saw him in January. No, I saw him in March because it was the day, like as I was leaving the hospital, my coworker texted me and said, we have a COVID case. And I was like, oh, great, I'm at the hospital. You know, like when we had won. Um, so this is where being a patient gets frustrating because we can only do what is in our control. So now I have to find a time when I can take time off of my full-time job, find money to take another Uber or find a ride and coordinate with someone to, for them to draw one test to confirm whether or not I can schedule this other procedure, which I will then have to do all the same things for and go back because one doctor couldn't look in, and I have to write back to this doctor and tell him, yes, I've had it before. It's literally in my chart, in your hospital. So yeah, that's, uh, that's healthcare. And that's, that's healthcare on a good day. That's pretty, that's pretty low key, but it's late. So, so yeah, so now what, one thing that I thought was checked off my list is still on my list because they forgot to do it. And they're the ones that get paid to do the health care. And it makes so. you like not want to pursue it. Like I, I know that I put labs off because it's always an always. ordeal. There's always. always something. Always. I literally like I had my lab order on my phone. Like our TPN lady texted me my lab order. And I said, do you, like, when I got to the lab, I pulled my phone out and I was like, do you mind if I just like cross-reference what you have with what I have to make sure we are on the same page, you draw everything you have to draw because we're still in a pandemic and I'm not coming back. Like, I have a, I have a life to live and this is a very small part of it. And if you think I can just drop everything that I'm doing, like, I don't get out of work until, I don't get out of my internship until four. I usually spend the majority of the day working or running errands when I'm not at my internship or doing homework. Like there's so many other things that I need to be doing for me. And like, thankfully it only took like, like you said, like 10 minutes. I have sat in that waiting room for upwards of an hour before. So it's like, you never know how much time to like, it's not something you can just do on your lunch break or whatever. Right. Like it's right. insane. So yeah. it just, and it makes me not want to, like people always talk about like, oh, what's it called? like adherence to treatment and like care management and stuff. And it's like compliance, compliance. Yes. Like I get it. I get it yeah. because it's so frustrating. The other thing I dealt with, 
I was applying for, <laughs> I was applying for a scholarship from some rare disease organization and you needed a disease verification form, which was literally just, and I know the HIPAA people are going to come for me because everybody who works in healthcare did already. But um, I was like, I need this form. Can I scan it and email it? And you can just email it back. Every doctor I asked, they were like, no, it has to be faxed. And I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know how to do that. It's 2020. What? <laughs> like, it's, I'm it's a millennial. 2020, it's 2020 in a pandemic, okay? So this is like, I get HIPAA, okay? I was a contract manager for the state. So part of that is saying, you know, I spend all my professional time telling people to do their job. When I step outside that office, like in my personal and my healthcare life, it's no longer my responsibility to tell people to do their job. The other thing is we are going to have to pivot on some of these policies and protocols and places are doing it. My job now focuses heavily on telehealth education and training. There are times when you have to like wave or adjust or adapt. And if that means having the patient sign some sort of waiver that says, I allow you to fax this or carry your pigeon or bring it to my house with my Postmates, like you have to do what you have to do. And it is just getting out of control where people are just not getting what they need. Yeah. And I understand the policy side of it. I do. But like, there is a person on the other end of this. And the fact that healthcare does not understand that we have lives, it's just so, it's so exhausting. And a lot of the national work that I've done, we are always to blame, always. We are not engaged, we don't care. And I have said on many calls for the last 10 years, I care. I know what I need to do as an informed consumer. However, until you will provide transportation, come to my house and get me and or, you know, compensate me for my time off of work. And again, we don't have kids. You know, we're talking families who have to put, you know, all their children in the car to go get one tube of blood drawn. Like these things are, are just it's ludicrous. Like the expectation and just the divide and the blame and the, the like victim shaming of, of the abuse of the healthcare system. And like, yeah, like this is, this is the transparency. This is the authenticity because, you know, and, and we don't even have most of the things that so many of our, our peers and our friends with chronic illnesses and disabilities have like our routine care is pretty minimal, but I see some of the things that, that people go through and like, it is, it is traumatizing. Like medical PTSD is so real. And I like, eventually maybe we'll talk about my like experience with healthcare in the state that I live in now, but I still haven't been able to like actually sit down and like write about it because I'm still like so emotionally traumatized and it has impacted my ability to get care just routinely. And that's frustrating because I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm quote unquote compliant. But when I, 
do my part and do my part and do my part and it's not met with anything on the other side, that's when you switch over into like, I call it my angry advocate mode because you burn out. You just burn out. So that's, that's where it's at. I tried. Yeah. And that's like, we both have, I mean, knock on wood, we both have decent insurance through our employers. So that's not even considering the financial barriers that keep people from accessing care. So, and I'm, we, we don't have to talk about that right now because it's late and we've already talked a lot, but that could even be, you know, a whole other episode is navigating that end of things because I know people who don't have chronic illnesses, who don't access routine healthcare because they can't afford it and they don't want to go into debt to get glasses or have a tooth pulled or, Mm -hmm. you know, have a physical. And that's just not, it's not okay. Like that's not, I don't know. That would actually be a really good episode because open enrollment is coming up um, November 1st for the marketplace. So we could definitely um, talk about benefits and how to navigate that um, and some of our own experiences and the pros and cons of different things. And obviously, you know, we're not, we're not insurance brokers or healthcare providers, um, but we do have experience and, um, yeah, it's definitely something to talk about. And I think with the election uh, being at the same time, um, it's not going to get as much discussion. So mm-hmm. that that could be a, I don't want to say fun. Let's talk about insurance. Woo. Mm-hmm. Relevant. Um, yeah, very, very relevant. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, that was a, that was a healthcare rant for sure. Yeah. What's good that's happening? If you had to pick. What's good? Um, I am enjoying my job and I feel like we have had some good, safe social interaction recently um, that has really fulfilled me. We've had some puppy play dates um, and just had some human interaction, which I didn't realize I thrived on so much until everyone was on a screen. So that's been nice. And just kind of doing a lot of organizing and purging and kind of nesting um, in our apartment has been, has been nice. So I'm actually kind of getting excited for like the cozy season. I like that. Can we refer to winter as the cozy season going forward? Yes, for sure. Cool. Yeah. And one thing too, you know, that I think works to our advantage with me working remotely and just sort of the state of not going places the way we used to is not having to get around in the winter. And for us, that's, that's huge because winters here, although more mild uh, than back East, um, still result in very icy, difficult to navigate with a mobility device sidewalks. So I'm looking forward to, just being able to work and stay safe and just kind of hunker this winter. Yeah, I feel that. I'm kind of excited for it too. Not excited. That's not the right word. I'm not dreading <laughs> accepting, it. Accepting of it. <laughs> yeah. Prepared to tolerate it. <laughs> I, feel, I feel tolerant of winter this year. So 
what do we have to look forward to, Miss Maisie, in the coming weeks? So, um, next weekend is Halloween, which is my favorite holiday ever. Um, so we have our um, VIP Zoom spooktacular, which gets fancier every time I refer to it. Mm. <laughs> um, so if you go to our Podbean um, website, this episode and our last episode will have a link to a Google form where you can sign up to get um, a Zoom link to hang out with us on Halloween. So we are going to be staying home um, we are probably going to be in onesies or costumes of some sort with a pumpkin beverage in hand. Um, and we're gonna just be hanging out on Zoom from seven to nine um, Eastern time. So if you want to get the Zoom link, fill out that Google form and you can either hang out with us the whole time, just pop in and say, hey, show us your costume, um, drink a beer with us, whatever you know, you feel like doing on Halloween to get spooky and in the, in the Halloween spirit. Um, yeah, so we're really excited for that. We also, like Mal said, we still have our Patreon up. So we are kind of figuring out our tiers and what that um, different content is going to look like, but definitely um, use that as a way to support us and help keep this podcast going. We would really, really like to invest in some new microphones. We've tried like six different audio setups and I, I honestly feel bad. I hope it's not that noticeable, but we notice it. Um, so yeah, we would love new microphones or headsets or something. <laughs> um, and Podbean is a subscription website. So there's that cost too. So anything that you can, um, offer to support us is definitely appreciated but um if not just keep listening and um, we hope to see you on halloween and also any pets in costume um we will accept on our live zoom call or photos after halloween are always welcome as well so encouraged even highly encouraged even if you don't dress up if you dress your pet up that's probably even better so I would love um, to have an Instagram post on our With Maze and Mal Instagram just of people's pet pics. So if yes. you want to, <laughs> if you yes. want to share those with us, either on our personal Facebooks, if you have them, or um, on our at With Maze and Mal Instagram, um, please do that because we are living for pets and costumes these days. That would be so fun. Tinsley's costume is still TBD. Um, so, but either way, she'll she'll be around. She's got quite the wardrobe. So yeah, you'll figure something out. We'll figure it out. Cool. So I don't know. I guess that is kind of where things are at and what we're, what we're uh, living with in the moment. Yeah. So we'll periodically do, I think we'll kind of jump back to where we were at chronologically with our journey and kind of our own um, experiences navigating life and healthcare and school and employment and all of those fun things. Um, but in between, we're just going to kind of check in with each other and check in with you guys. Um, and if there's anything that you think we should talk about that we haven't talked about or that we haven't mentioned that we're going to talk about, um, definitely let us know because this is as much for you guys as it is for us. Um, so yeah, we are more than open to suggestions. So feel free to reach out. Great. Thank you everyone who has tuned in. We really appreciate all of you and 
Thanks for listening. See you next time.